What's going on, Conroe? Welcome to a brand new edition of Nerd Thug Radio, the 17th best show recorded on Sundays after watching uh, old Garfield reruns. Like the movie or the TV show? The cartoon. Man, how trippy would it be if it's just like a guy reading Garfield and you're just like looking over his shoulder the whole time? Yeah, that's what it is. It's like it's an animated gif of that. Like, like you zoom in over a guy's shoulder, and you never see his face because it's God, and then like you're in the funnies. Man, that's the intro. That would be something. <laughs> we are on one four point five, one six point one. These sister stations streaming worldwide. Uh, you know what? We're we're newly back. I think it's irlonestar.com. We I'll double check with that. Um. Uh, we'll, we'll get back to you on the uh, on the uh, station we'll, tags here. We'll let you know the deets. Uh, this <laughs> is of course deets. the deets. That's right. We are the deets, everybody. Oh, that's not what they say, is it? Um, we are Corey DLG, and uh, this is little brother Nico with me as always. That's me. Yeah. All right. Another week, another set of adventures. Um. So we we recorded and then I, and this always happens as soon as we were done recording like stuff started happening. Uh, I like to call that the will of the universe. The will of the universe is that we will be the last ones to speak on any subject. So this is your it's final okay. thoughts. You know that just that just means that we get the last laugh every time. Right. Uh, it goes in order of importance. Most important last. Yeah. So there you go. Um, yeah. So after we went off the air last week. But well, before we went to air, but after we recorded, um, the HBO Max Discovery Camp decided to just drop bombs left, right, left, right, left, right, up, down, up, down, A, B, A, B. Um, it's like start. You forgot that part. I did. I did. Um, it's only been a million years since I've had Nintendo. Um, yeah, they announced, first of all, that the complete Batgirl movie, literally, they have filmed everything for it. They were just not done editing and putting in like production stuff. So they've already spent the bulk of the 70 to $90 million budget on this, on this movie that was supposed to be a direct release HBO max streaming movie. Um, the newly formed conglomerate that is, I guess going to be called discovery HBO or HBO discovery. I'm not sure which, what they're, what they're going to do there. They're just uh, going to change it, it to HDO. <laughs> HDM baby. Uh, they canceled it. Well, got him. I told you this would never happen. I that, that's so well. No, you were saying that about the Flash movie, which, by the way, they still have on the schedule, and they've spent more money on it. Yeah, but like Ezra Miller can't stop beating women, or like also allegedly we gotta say allegedly. But uh, uh apologies. But, also, he's wanted for questioning by the police and is out on a compound and refusing to come out. Like, old-school Waco style. That's not good. No, he's, like, living on a farm or a commune with a family. of It's like a w- woman and young girls or something. And she's not making him leave, and I guess they, they can't get to him from where they're at or something. Well, that's a, that's a good sign. Yeah. Yeah. They want to talk to him about some more crimes he committed, and he's like, nah, I'm good. You know, actually, I think about abandoning society. It's like, that's not how this works. You can't just walk away from us. Although, he's like, watch uh, if me. We a, if we get a vote, I'd, I'd... No, stop, don't. Yeah. 
Bye. Um, they but like that, they that movie's re- never gonna happen. I well, I don't know. I don't know. So okay, apparently, so Michael Keaton as Batman was tied into these two movies: the Batgirl movie and the Flash movie. Neither of which are being made. So well, sorry, now, Michael Keaton. Now that Batgirl is canceled, they went and got Ben Affleck to put on the bad suit again and film stuff to recreate the Michael Keaton scenes from Flash and replace them. Like, what are we even doing now? I they I don't think they know. Like, this has got to be just, like, the worst chain of emails you've ever seen your entire life. <laughs> I like to imagine it's one that started in, like, 2016, and they, it's just titled, like, Subject Line Flash Movie, and it's just, like, <laughs> a person's descent into madness. <laughs> like, they keep going down. They're like, Ezra Miller got caught assaulting women. And they're like, don't worry, we'll figure it out. And the they're lawyers like, are on working on it. He won't leave. And they're like, what do you mean? <laughs> yeah. and, then, and then they're like, don't worry, we got Michael Keaton. And then it's like, just kidding, replace Michael Keaton is to go back. <laughs> It's just it keeps getting like worse and worse and worse. It's just between like three people in the chain. Like <laughs> the subject line now has like forty reads on it. Like read colon read colon read colon read yeah. colon. <laughs> like from start production, like it, like the first email is. I think we should really do a flash movie after Justice League, and then it's like, yeah, we'll make it by like twenty seventeen, and then it's just five years of just nightmares. <laughs> Um, do I think that's a real thing? That should be the show. <laughs> like that's what I would release as the Flash movie. It's just like 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 someone recreating all of the meetings. Yeah, like, like forget like, doing the Flash movie. Let's do yeah. the making of the Flash. That's, that's the movie. The, that's what I want. Like, but DC's not too much too too afraid to do it. <laughs> this is what the people want. <laughs> <laughs> Show me the executive nightmare dimension where this movie cost a billion dollars and made forty two cents. Well, and like they're so they're canceling all kinds. So more than likely, Young Justice season five isn't going to happen now. Um, which season four wasn't great. Uh, season three ends with a really big hint on Dark Side. Season five or season three ends with a big hint on Dark Side. Season four never touches on it really. Classic. Um, this I feel it, but this is like that's like a classic DC animated thing. They do this like, all the time. Their TV shows always did this. They did the same thing with like the old Teen Titan show when I was a kid. Oh, did they? I was gonna say because like the animated movies do a really concise, like streamline. They do a good job of telling like one continual story. Well, that's because the person who runs those is competent. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that's well, the, to be that's fair, the Young Justice keeps doing the thing where like they're canceled, they're uncanceled, they're canceled, they're uncanceled. Yeah, they're canceled. The, they run into the same problem like the second uh, Legend of Korra had, where like they're like, "You have one season," and they're like, "I guess we got one season." And they're like, "You have two seasons," and they're like, "Well, we didn't we didn't write it for two seasons." And like, <laughs> "You have three seasons," and it's like, "Oh well, I guess we can make this a little." Just kidding, you're out of money. <laughs> yeah, it's like no, I guess not. I guess I didn't get three seasons again. <laughs> So like the nowhere they had nowhere near like the amount of time that they wanted to do anything and the story is just like all over the place. Well, in season four did another big tease for season five of Dark Side, and it even teased a Supergirl, 
and uh, Black Mary Shazam, but like it didn't. None of those things happened yet, so we'll yeah, see. Now they, I don't think they will now. I think that's a done deal. Um, Kevin Smith yeah. was supposed to be working on like a Green Lantern and Strange Adventure, Strange Adventures, like animated series. That's mm-hmm. dead. Love it. Thanks, DC. Um, there's just a lot of stuff that's like. It's just a slaughterhouse. It's because it's because it's so poorly managed. Well, and it and it does feel like okay. All right, so I guess this gets into the politics of it here, and I and I think, and I guess it does sort of. I don't know. I don't. I don't see. I don't know. So the guy who was taking over, David Zazbo, or something like that, something along those lines. It's a it's David, a David Sassophone. It's a Z. So Zazophone. Zazaphone. He um he has come out publicly a couple times and made statements against quote unquote woke media. Okay, cool. Uh HBO Max had made a point of hiring a lot of women and people of color. Mm-hmm. Um so there's a lot of new shows on HBO Max that are of that vein. Um Insecure, uh, a lot of like there was a a black black woman sketch shows. Well, I think what it was called, even um, like there's just a lot of different stuff that they were doing on on HBO Max that that was catering specifically to those audiences. And mm. Batgirl, I, I guess, I guess could 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 be roped into that category. I'm not totally sure that. It, I mean, it's a superhero movie. I don't know. Like, I don't know. I don't know how you wrap that into everything else, but I guess so these days. I guess right. everyone wants to complain about stuff. Yeah. So anyway, this guy made a ba- basically made a point to be like, we're not we're not doing stuff just for the sake of doing it, and we're not hiring people because I'm worried I want to get the best people in the room. I'm not concerned about what color or what gender they are. And he fired a lot of these uh, new acquisitions at HBO, and everyone that he's brought on has been old white dude. Nice. So. I, well, like that's the the main issue I have with the anti like anti woke skull like nonsense like and like I understand the point of like oh they're making things that aren't for me so but, like but they're automatically they, like, aren't bad these still aren't these things still entertaining and like and aren't they so profitable like is well, that like is that what it, they should be concerned about right and like and. Okay, like I understand, like if your if your show is so niche that like a negative percentage of the population is gonna watch it, then like I understand being like, man, I can't believe my I don't I don't want to like specify any groups here because that's gonna make it real awkward. But like targeting like one person of the population, like this is a show just for Nico. Like, yeah, I'm going to think it's the greatest thing ever. Like, Ready Player One was a movie that was made for me. Right. Was it a good movie? No. no. no yeah, no, no. I it wasn't with that. a good movie. But was it made specifically for me? Absolutely. I believe that they spend $100 million and they said, Nico, here's the best movie you'll see in a theater one time. <laughs> Have a blast. And I was like, man, that was great. <laughs> The crappier part about all that is they made a movie just for you and you still only went once. Yeah, because it was just for me. I got the entertainment value and that's yeah. the problem. <laughs> I only watched it one time. That's fair. That's like, fair. Like when you're when your audience is so specific, 
it's hard to make money. <laughs> and but it, and here's the thing though is there's there's been a ton, a ton of great entertainment that has come out of hiring these other you know these these underrepresented groups here lately. Um, yeah, and that's and that's not like. Because that's the that's the that's like the anti argument, right? Like, oh, right. they're making content for one person. The one person's gonna love it, but that's right. it. We're gonna sell. Well, so like ABC made Blackish. That's the end of the sales. I paid you thirty thousand dollars to do what? Right, but then so, the opposite so is also true. Where it's like you're hitting. Yeah, and everyone's everyone's sitting around going like, "Oh, this show is for black people." But then the you know the numbers on it are incredible. The, it, it goes on for what eight seasons, nine seasons, nine seasons. It has three spinoffs. After it does have three spinoffs. So um, what is his name? Anthony Anderson? Is that the the dad from Blackish? I don't remember his name. I'm uh, he started like he's been in everything, but he's always like a bit player, a role player. I uh. always thought like that was exactly who he was. He gets the job in Law and Order was one of the two cops, and even on Law and Order. Obviously, my favorite show of all shows. I wasn't in love with him as an actor. Like I was like, eh, he's all right. But on Blackish, he does a really great job. The show is, you know, I my understanding is it was his pitch to ABC, and they were like, all right, let's do it. Um, and you're right, it does have three spinoffs. The kids each have their own. I forgot about that. Each of the kids has their own show. Yeah, because um, they're old, like older, and they'll do their separate things. Right. And uh, and overall, like it's it's interesting to see this change. We're like that show never would have it never would have existed it never would have been called Blackish for sure yeah hundred uh, no, percent Hulu has Reservoir uh, Reservoir Dogs or Reservation whatever they're called and it's about you know a small reservation town and these kids who you know they wonder what's next for them and it's a coming of age comedy dramedy situation and it's interesting and it's good and it's funny the first season was great I think the second season just dropped on Hulu uh, Jordan uh, Peele is directs all these different movies. Um, nope. And, and all that, like, and they're all black horror. Like they're specifically black horror. Um, none of that would have happened a decade ago. And so to me, the argument is a loser where you go, we can't, I can't be worried about representation because I want the quote unquote best people in the room. If, yeah, if you look the, at the track record of these, at some of these creators, they're better. It's be, It's as good as it. Like I don't know how you could say that somebody is making more money for Hollywood than Jordan Peele right now. Yeah. Each of these movies has like what thirty million dollar budgets, forty million dollar budgets. They do two hundred and fifty million domestic. Like, are you kidding me? Like, yeah, they absolutely crush. And like the thing that never made any sense to me is like, oh, we only want like the best, but that usually means that people who've been in the industry forever. It's like. You're never going to get new ideas then. <laughs> well, that and also, like, yeah, if you're basing the best on resume... Okay, so sports always has this argument. Are you paying people for what they've done or what you think they're about to do? Right. Um, you know, uh, Draymond Green of the Golden State Warriors. Um, the Golden State Warriors, they just won their, their fourth title in, I think, seven years, eight years. Um, more importantly about this title, though, a lot of people have one more year left on their deal, and then they have like option years and stuff like that. So there's a real possibility that the old guys could be either gone or re-signed. And Draymond Green said, I just got you another one. Now you've got four from me. 
you better back the, the bank truck up. And if you're paying for what people have done, the Draymond Green is right. You totally owe Draymond Green another four years and $200 million because he has put four banners up in the, up in the rafters for you. Mm-hmm. Um, if you say to yourself, well, if I give him $200 million, will we win more championships? The answer might be no. Yeah. But that's sort of where a lot of people in sports, that's where the conversation diverges. Because some people are like, of course you always pay Tom Brady, Tom Brady the most. Look at what he does for you. And it's like, okay, if the Patriots stopped going to Super Bowls, do they still pay Tom Brady the most? And so, like, I, I don't know. I think what you do for a guy like someone like Draymond Green is you kind of split the baby. You give them four years, and the first year might be giant numbers or whatever, but then every year after that, the number shrinks significantly. And you go, look, by the time you're 40, if you still want to play, you know, you can have $5 million to play, but, like, I'm not going to pay you $40 million to come play when you're 38 years old. Yeah. And, look, um, if he's still good, he's still good. Like, Right. If you think you can get more, opt out and go get it, but I don't think you will because I think I think you want to stay and I think you understand, like, if I give you another $70 million over the next two years, that's probably the end of your productive era of basketball. Right. Um, and also, like, I'm going to be broke. And you're not going to be wanting to play anymore. Like, it's just the yeah. lose-lose for everyone. Well, no, that's the one thing is they definitely have made their money. The San Francisco area has been supported. The, the Golden State Warriors, who were terrible for 30 years. I mean, not uh, – there was one era in the late night in the mid nineties where they were okay again. They were run DMC. Okay. Beyond that, it's it's only been this era and the one year when they had that one team put together that beat the Mavericks in the first round of the playoffs. And then they lost the second round. So Got they've it. been predominantly a bad team forever and they have never not made money. Like they have always been a profitable franchise. The the Bay Area has loved the Warriors and all this winning. They built a brand new stadium looking right out over the ocean. They've got all kinds of money. They are happy, happy. I guess arena is what you call basketball. They are happy, happy, happy. Rich, rich, rich. Uh, he could pay. He could afford to pay the money just for that. But because of salary cap stuff, that's, how many other that's, people? That's really what. That's really what I'm talking about. I'm just yeah. talking about salary cap stuff, not necessarily like actual physical money. Like yeah. I'm not. I'm not worried that the Warriors are broke. I'm worried about <laughs> that they will hit the salary cap. Yeah, if they if they pay Steph Curry, they just re-signed Steph Curry, and so I think Steph Curry has like four nine, years left. Nine well, years, think, $200 trillion. Something along those lines. But Clay Thompson and Draymond Green basically right now on paper just have next year. And Got so it. if they have all three of them on new deals again, you're talking about, 120 million tied up in three players. Yeah, of your 150 million, whatever. Yeah, so it starts to get complicated. It starts to get how do you do that? And the the kind of interesting thing about the NBA is you can keep signing guys. You just have to keep paying more on the luxury tax, and you get to the point where you can be spending for every dollar you spend over X amount. You you have to pay like five times that to the league. Like it can start getting really expensive. To where, like, okay, if I add this one guy for five million, I have to pay the league thirty million in taxes. You know, easy money. So I can see where someone's choices are divided like that, but you still have to like 
okay, yes, this guy was a TV exec for 40 years. He made three great shows, Big Bang Theory-esque type shows that people all talk about. Great. Sure, put him on your board. But next to him, put somebody creative and on the up-and-coming who doesn't look anything like him and has different experiences because it's only going to make things better for both of them. Right, and that's really, like, it's never been... Because, like, that's always that was always the, the advantage of having veterans on any team, any cooperative team, right? You get your fresh blood who have energy, they have ideas, and then you have your old heads who are going to ground them and, you know, be like, look, we do it this way. Not saying your way is wrong, but we do it this way because it's more efficient. Like, yeah. Because they've use, been in the game for use, 20 years. Right. Let's use my network experience to make your show a hit. Right. Yeah. And I, and I, and I, I would think that somebody building a network would agree with that. But it seems like that's not going to be the modus operandi for Warner Brothers Discovery. And I don't, I, I don't know. I think we're worse for wear because of it. And they're also saying the same thing that everyone has said for the last 20 years. And I hate it. I'm so tired of it. I hate it. They, they're saying, uh, very similar to the MCU, we're building a 10-year plan around tent poles. Oh, dude, I love the, I love the, I love the shared universe thing. So here's one, the thing. Because one, one franchise was able to do it because right. of like a decade of planning and a single creative vision. But somehow we're going to replicate the whole thing with one email chain. <laughs> well, and that's like, okay. So Kevin Feige was dedicated to making sure this thing worked through 12 years of movies, right? There was including, no... including running off well-known and well-respected directors. Correct. And not necessarily running them off, but he just he wasn't going to move off of what he knew he wanted. Right. And Which so most when... people are too scared to do. Correct. And so there were lots of people that he, he moved on. Um, Kenneth Branagh did the first Thor. And then after the whole process was like, I don't really ever want to do another one of these. And Kevin Feige was like, okay, no problem. Uh, Natalie Portman agreed to do two because it was going to be uh, Patty Jenkins directing. Who And when Patty Jenkins sits down with Kevin Feige and they start laying out the groundwork, Kevin Feige is like, look, just so you know, you're the director but I run this show and Patty Jenkins is like, well, I'm trying to really kind of prove that a woman can do this. And Kevin's like, I believe you can. I'm just in charge. And Patty was like, no, I think I want to go somewhere where I have a lot more control. She leaves and goes and does wonder woman. Natalie Portman feels screwed over after two. She doesn't come back to Marvel all the way up until here at Thor four. Is this Thor four or Thor five? Thor four. Thor four. Um, Thor four. She wasn't going to come back, but they kind of, but the change in tone and Taiki Watiti and Chris Hemsworth were very persuasive in getting her back. Um, and yeah, Kevin Feige wasn't going to blink. Uh, Iron Man 1 was great, but there were things he wanted to change about it. There were people that he didn't want to bring back. Terrence Howard wasn't coming back. And after Iron Man 2, um... What is the name of the what is uh, the director's name? Uh, Peter. No, John Favreau. Okay, 
So John Favreau is the director of Iron Man one and two. Um, after that, he doesn't want to keep directing in the Marvel universe, but he understands what Kevin Feige is doing. And so he's, he agrees to help Kevin Feige navigate and as they expand movies. So him, so he becomes an executive producer and kind of joins the team at that point. Like, there was one voice, one goal, one minute. It was like a football team, and there's no getting around that. So when these other people are like, yeah, we're going to do the same thing. No, you're not. Yeah, you're going to have to get someone with a crazy, with a crazy long shot, like, idea and be like, we're dedicating all of our resources to this because it's a shot in the dark and it'll never work. Like... Well, in a post in a post Thanos like MCU, I can kind of see where people are like, "Oh, I'm sick and tired of like superhero movies." But like, you can't deny the incredible like run that the MCU has had in the past decade. <laughs> oh no, for sure you can't. And more importantly than that, you can't get over the fact that, uh, yeah, Marvel nailed it. Yeah, like it, it was incredible. Like. People, actors, careers, like the yeah, cultural sure. movement, like the entire nerdverse wouldn't exist if it weren't for the MCU. And, and they and... went out of their way to kind of like it's funny even how they handle the actors now, where the actors all complain that they don't even know what they're shooting when they show up to shoot. Because it's all secrets and it's all like you can't know about this because if you say something on television well, um, Scarlet Witch, uh, um, um, Elizabeth Olsen. Yeah, one of the Olsen ones. The she was one. she was talking about how, okay, we've now all seen a Doctor Strange in the in the multiverse. There are scenes in there, a lot of the scenes with the kids that she thought was shot for the Scarlet Witch show. Crazy. So when they start talking about, hey, everything she shot for a uh, multiverse of madness, she goes, a lot of this was actually shot during the show, and I thought it was for the show, and then I only recently found out they're using it for the movie and blah, blah, blah. So, like, it is into, like, how does that work contractually? Do you just get an extra check? And they're like, good job. Yeah, they just, it's, it, you've signed a contract already, and it's already worked in. It's in, like, page 42. Well, and so, like, Robert Downey Jr., um, you know, famously, his deal was up with, Originally, he was signed for, I think, Iron Man 1, 2, 3, and Avengers. Uh When it became clear that they were going to, obviously, when they kind of really figured out their plan. So when they did Iron Man 1 and Hulk, they were like, yeah, everybody's around for three or four movies. Then when Iron Man and Hulk both did well enough that they could that they knew they were going to do a universe. And not only that, they knew everybody was going to come together for Avengers. And not only that, they knew that they were going to do this threat. What they then turned around and did is they went back to Robert Downey Jr. And they said, all right, congratulations. You're Tony Stark. You're Iron Man. We're going to need you for a couple more things. So he added in uh, Avengers 2 and something else. And he got more money to be Iron Man. So like in Iron Man movies, he gets like 10 or 12 million. But then in movies where where Tony Stark is only in it for a certain percentage of the film, or if there's more than two blah, blah, blahs, then he gets like a percentage on the back end. So 
the years where uh, Avengers and Avengers 2, and then they start talking about Spider-Man and Civil War, right? Mm-hmm. And his contract is up again. So for, so for Avengers and Avengers 2, each of those movies, he gets like a cut of it. So he winds up making something like $90 million from Avengers. Ridiculous. And then Age of Ultron 2. Dollars. Yeah. From Age of Ultron 2, he gets like another $90 million. So then they're like, okay, that was too much money to give you. It doesn't, it doesn't hurt him because it's profit, right? It's, it's a percentage of profit. So it didn't hurt him. But at the same time, they didn't want to do that again. So instead, they were like, here's $40 million per. Will you do two more movies? And he's like, I guess. And so it's, I think he got $40 million per to do Spider-Man, Civil War, Oh, that's what it was. Those are outside of his deal because his deal was one Iron Man one two three, and then Avengers one two three, and uh, Avengers one two three is where he gets the percentages. So then to get him to do Spider Man and Civil War, they he was like, I'm like I'm kind of you know contracted out, guys. Like I'm good. They were like, here's forty million per, and he's like, all right, cool. And if you think about how much he's in Spider Man, it's like three scenes. Yeah. <laughs> it's like three seats. <laughs> and then but he was in it and he makes the movie better. So and in Civil War, like <laughs> he's he's in he's in like the three beats of the movie, but there's a lot of movie that he's not in. Yeah, for sure. But he's like the secondary main character of that he, movie. He kind of turns into the villain or the good I guess good guy, depending on how you want to look at it in that movie. But there are big story beats that he is not in. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, but yeah, I just... That took a lot of vision and guts that, like, would another studio give a, a potential Robert Downey Jr. 10% of, or 8% of the back end uh, in order to make Avengers 1, 2, and 3? Probably not. Yeah, especially when, especially when those films are years and years apart. And, and just a key example, remember Universal has all the monster movies, so they were going to launch a universe, and it was going to come out of uh, Tom. It was going to come out of the Mummy. Tom Cruise and his team are super controlling about movies. When I say his team, he has his own producer. He also has his own writers and people that he brings in for stuff. Uh, he has rules about running and things of that nature, like. Another character can't run faster than Tom Cruise's character in a movie. So weird. Um, so there's certain things like dynamic shots that, that Tom Cruise already has in his head that he wants in the film that are going to glorify Tom Cruise. And therefore, like your character doesn't run faster because Tom Cruise is going to be in the lead for all those run shots. To be fair, the only thing Tom Cruise can do is not be over five feet two inches tall. Uh, listen, the guy's the guy's got an accomplished career that includes a lot of interesting. Like he does have his pilot license on like nine different vehicles, apparently. Yeah, so, like, he can. He can. He's got. He's got like a boat license, a helicopter license, a motorcycle license, a plane. Well, license. let me stop you there. To get a boat license is pretty easy. Uh, I almost did the thing to be named captain. It's an eighty dollar online course. Uh, yeah, but he has it. That's my point. He can sing, he can play guitar. He did do it. That's true. I didn't do it. He did. You're right. I'm not yeah, Tom yeah. Cruise enough there. Uh, that's Captain <laughs> Tom Cruise to you. <laughs> Captain Cruise. Um, but he does have some rules, like also, um, 
he can lose fights. Uh, so but, like the Rock has rules. He wins his, them later. Well, Rock has rules that he doesn't lose fights. So if you need to move a storyline and the and the Rock winning doesn't move the storyline along, then you they, the characters don't fight there. Yeah, that's why they made him the Scorpion King. In well, the- well, it's it's one of the reasons why in uh, the Fast and Furious for him and Diesel cross it's one of the reasons they like keep bumping into each other and talking mess instead of fighting. It's because like okay, if they fight here and the Rock can't lose, the movie's over. <laughs> <laughs> so they have to keep coming up with other ways to move the movie along. Um, but so Tom Cruise can lose fights. Uh, but ultimately, he has to look heroic. And there's something else. Um, oh, when it turned out that the other girl was basically going to become like an element of like the death god. So in the movie The Mummy, she's the mummy. And then the god of death is like they serve it. But one of them can become it based on what happens in the movie. When he saw that in the script, he was like, I think my guy would become the death god, not her. It's like, of course, Tom Cruise. How, yeah, how could I obviously, so- obviously, you would become a god, not her. Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm sorry, sir. So, okay, that changes your plans down the road. First movie out the gate. Movie number one. That kills your franchise right there. Who has the courage to tell Tom Cruise, we're not going to make the mummy with you? Um, because also, did, you, didn't this because franchise ruined- actually start earlier than the mummy? Because didn't it start with the Dracula movie? Um, they want to bring in that guy back to be Dracula, but that wasn't that was kind of a happy accident, I believe. Because I thought that was like the beginning was they're going to do Dracula because that was Dracula Untold, I think. I literally saw that movie while I was in high school. I saw it on a date of all things. But that's okay. So that's why it doesn't. So like they weren't, they, they didn't even have it in their head yet that they were going to do a franchise. That oh, movie least- does okay. Yeah, because that movie does fine, but there is a post-credit scene where he's like in like modern America. Yeah, because they were going to do more Dracula movies. Ah, and they never but, did. But they never did more. So okay, so that's what happens. They didn't do more Dracula movies. The like producers buy rights to to you know properties, and a lot of times they tie them to studios. Like they go to a certain studio and they're like, "I'll make this with you," and then we've got windows and blah blah blah. That producer falls off that window. But it's still a Universal monster movie. Dracula like belongs to Universal. So now they have this movie that's not so out of the zeitgeist that people don't remember it. They already have them back in modern times. As they're building this universe out, like they go to him and they basically say, you know, do you want because there's that picture with all the famous people, Johnny Depp, Javier Bardem, Tom Cruise, the mummy girl, him as Dracula. And then some by Benicio del Toro. And I think Is related but, to Guillermo del Toro. Well, I think they were also going to incorporate the Wolfman story into it too. If you remember, Toro was in the Wolfman. He is the Wolfman. Oh man. So yeah, they couldn't even get this film of, of twelve people off the ground. Right. And so Tom Cruise basically killed the first movie made with the intention of combining them all, because if you remember Russell Crowe's in it, Russell Crowe's the other guy in the picture, he's Jekyll and Hyde. Oh, yeah, that's right. So Russell Crowe and him have that scene together. Well, he he's so Tom Cruise that he basically kills the franchise. Nice. Good job, Tom Cruise. And it's hard to say bad things about Like, he is Mission Impossible. They're making the final two together as, like, two movies. 
Uh, and apparently he's like holding the studio hostage by how they release them. Like he won't give them the final cuts until they agree that they're theatrical movies. But because of how good Tom Gunn has done, I think he's got all the leverage in the world. Yeah. Cause I think there were talk that like, well, if the first one doesn't do great, we can always just do the second one on streaming. And Tom went, I'm sorry. What'd you say? Yeah. He, he said, he said what I said back in the day, which was, uh, if you release a movie exclusively on streaming, it's never going to be a big movie. Which isn't, I don't, I don't know. I, I need to understand. You can, I don't understand you can, the metrics of streaming yet. You, so can, I, I still you can make a show and it be the cultural zeitgeist. You cannot release a movie on streaming and it be like the cultural boom. I'm convinced. I don't know. I think the problem is the re- I think the thing that helps fuel that argument is that a lot of these movies that has been that have been released have just been dumps like Dune. They were like, well, we don't want to wait another year for theaters to open. Just go ahead and dump it and see how it does on the streaming. Yeah. Um, but like, I, I don't know. I think you could do coordinated releases and it doesn't necessarily hurt it. The Batman. Um, this is probably the least successful Batman movie yet, but it was still really good. Yeah, but I feel like people stopped talking about it after like a day. The only the only thing this Batman did was put Nirvana back in number one again. <laughs> God. Okay, all right. I don't want to be this guy, but I'm gonna be this guy. I don't like to do this. Uh I'm friends I'm friendsish with Alex J. Middleton. We have a we the Captain Joey Savage is really the, the guy who's friends with him, but um, I've been in the same place as Rod Ryan. I've shaken his hand. He's a nice guy. We talked radio for a minute. Um, my buddy Austin Ford introduced us. Um, I, I don't want to be this person. Um, but dude, the buzz plays terrible music. <laughs> so, uh, I, I drive a lot for my, my, my regular job, my, my regular job. Your regular, regular. Yeah, and uh, I'll I'll tell you, uh, there was a time where they played like nothing but the Red Hot Chili Peppers for like an entire like a million years. <laughs> like they like while I was in the car in one workday, I think I heard like ten or twelve Chili Pepper songs and different ones too. Yeah, not yeah. no, not twelve. No, like four different ones, but three times each. Yeah, 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 but not the same song twelve times. Yeah, not the same yeah. song twelve times, and yeah. like my coworker was like, "Man, it's really good." He's like, "The buzz," we're like, "94 five, the peppers." And I was like, I mean, "You're not wrong. You're not wrong at all, man." It is funny how much they play old. And here's the thing: like, all right, look, I'm 38. All right, these songs as they came out were cool release it like new releases in my lifetime so i understand what's happening the the audience of the buzz is aging and they don't want to admit that they're aging but when the buzz is playing stuff older than the mix stations are playing that's a problem yeah also uh they play my uh this is uh, this is just a me complaining because they listen to the radio a lot now uh, Theory of a Dead Man. Uh, oh God, I'm gonna forget the name of this song. I think it's called like Medicate or something like that. Yeah, uh, is the absolute worst song of all time. It is literally about a guy being an absolute loser. Yeah, uh, for 45 million years, and I I hate it so much. I hear it almost every day. They have to play it. And it they play it about six times a day. They play it about 12 times a day, and three of which I'm in the car for, and I have to change the station. 
because the first lines of the song is, I don't pay my bills, my mom does. I don't have anything to do, so I'm going to do drugs. A, bad idea. B, get a job. What are you doing with your life? <laughs> it's, it, is, it is the worst song ever. It's and you know, not good. It's not sung well. It's terrible messaging. It's just bad. And you know what's funny is there's like... So they play these really old songs, right? And then they still somehow integrate in some new stuff every once in a while. Like, they're like, and a new song, but it's always from the same crappy old bands. So, like, when Blue October and Three Days Grace make new music, they put it out. I did hear the new, I think, Panic at the Disco song. By the way, they played that on the hour, every hour, for an entire day. Panic at the Disco? Wow. Yeah, I heard it eight times that day. (laughs) I heard it every time I was in the car, was on the hour, and they played it again. (laughs) What an oddly punctual day you had. It was really weird. I kept getting in the car and being like, man, are they really playing Vivo's Vengeance for the fifth time? <laughs> I was like, wow, it really is 501. Um, they, but they play like, so they'll play like, their playlist is probably like eight new songs, 12 songs from the last 10 years, and then a bunch of stuff from 1990 to 2006. Yeah, that makes sense. That's about and, what's on there. And it drives me insane. The, the the two songs, so the Theory of a Dead Man song is always bad to me, and my, my favorite one to dump on is uh the 2018 zombie cover by Bad Wolves. Oh, why you hate? Garbage cover. A, garbage <laughs> cover, and B, the only reason that song is popular is because of the story behind it. Right. She was supposed to go in and record her part the next day, and she died. Right, which I mean, like, tragic, very sad. Worst, worst cover of that song I've ever heard in my entire life. I don't know. And it has not stopped rotation. That song came out in 2018, the objective worst year of my life. And it's haunted me. It's (laughs) been four years. (laughs) Leave me alone. (laughs) Well, the one place it's definitely not going to get retired from is the buzz. No, I'm I'm convinced that when, when when Rod Ryan transfers his brain into an android, it's the year 3045. He's going to be like, all right, got to spin up an oldie but a goodie. Bad Wolves 2018. Let's go, baby. Yeah. And I'm going to throw myself into the sun. I guess I can't say this now that we're saying this out loud. But, like, behind the scenes, they have opinions on what they play. Uh, They just, you know, this is what's – this is what that station trends on. And this is – so this is what it does. Blows my mind. I love trash talking radio. But those two songs – make me seethe with anger because they're so bad. Well, to me, it's just really funny because, like, okay, Jimmy Eat World, The Middle, will play on the buzz. I love that song. That song is incredible. Like, listen to that song any day, any time of the day. Jimmy Eat World has had, like, seven albums since then. Right. And, the, like, the worst part is that they're not bad either. They're good. No, they're good, good albums. Band. And there's a bunch of good songs on them. A bunch of good songs on them. And yet... The middle is the one song that the buzz keeps playing. Right. And you know what they won't play? Uh, the Killers. They played The Killers like one time, and I've been driving for like two and a half months. Um, I feel like they play Mr. Brightside. Because uh, it's the greatest song of all time. If you don't have a radio station that's playing Mr. Brightside, you aren't living in a good society. I wonder if that means just Teresa plays it. Because Mama T plays it during her, af- during her afternoons. That's it. It's the only time. Mr. Brightside. I always can see it. I'm sitting home and I'm, I'm trying to drive home. It's in traffic. 
I'm angry at the world, and then Mr. Brightside comes on, and I'm just screaming at the top of my lungs. <laughs> I'm trying to picture you having a bad day. Like, it's not a bad day. It's just I hate being in traffic for like an hour. That is true, man. That is like, that no is no one's one having like, a good time when they're sitting in traffic. Like, my gosh. Okay. Have you seen this here lately, though? I've seen some terrifying wrecks on uh, uh, news stories across the, the world. Have you seen these? Oh, yeah. There was, like, a cement truck that, like, flipped over and, like, crushed a car and, like, a... Fell off of a bridge and landed on top of a car. Yeah, crazy stuff. First of all, how does your cement truck fall over a bridge? Like uh, That's not even the first time I've seen... Uh, it was a couple of years ago, but there was a, a truck that fell from one of the freeways. Like, it was on, like, one of the overpasses, like exiting onto another freeway and it fell from that one to the bottom one how does that even happen i don't know that's a, that's a genuine question no one i don't think anyone died in that one but the truck like exploded yeah i'm sure but so the semen truck falls over lands on it it does in fact i believe kill a baby i don't want to make jokes about that that's terrible the other one that i saw that terrified me was this woman's in a i saw this one on i guess it was out in california she's in a mercedes and she blows through a, like a dead red light like, I don't know what she's doing, but the cars in the other lanes are totally stopped and traffic is already going through the intersection from another green light. OK. Oh, yeah. I, I, my mom told me about this earlier. She, she flies through this bad boy at 60 and just she nails two other cars. And immediately, though, the crazier thing is the second she hits them, everything's on fire because so, she hits them in the side. So I'm guessing. Her hot engine catches spraying gasoline, as I guess what happens. Because she oh, yeah. T-bones these cars. T-bones car, she, let's say she's car one. She T-bones car two into car three. And all three cars, like, hop up against the, the corners. Like, whatever's going on on that corner, whatever building or whatever stuff is right there. The second, though, the three cars all touch, there's already fire. Um. And it's just immediately. And so I think the, I think they get her out, the driver of the Mercedes. However, I think four or five people burn or die in the accident, including uh, another baby. Like, yeah, because like it's all. I think they like either die on impact or like burn immediately because the car's on fire. Like crazy stuff. It's nuts. Also, Anne Hesh. Uh, she's an actress of, of pretty known fame. You might not know of a movie she's in. Probably not. I don't. Th- I don't think. I don't think she's ever done anything thing like pop culturally. She's kind of a serious actor usually. She was married to Harrison Ford for a little bit though. Serious face acting. Right. Uh, she got in a single car accident and suffered. She ran through severe- someone's house, right? Yeah, suffered severe burns. She's now stable, but apparently she's burned. Yeah, because, like, she runs through the house and, like, a, the car catches fire. They have to, like, get her out of the house. I didn't I think cars that... caught fire anymore. I just thought that was something we had, we were over. Like, how does this happen still? Uh, like, safety features have gone a long way. But if you hit something fast enough and, like, in the right place, it still will burn immediately. I mean, I guess so. I just... You just you just don't see it as often, I think, because of like car safety features and like they're pretty good at putting the gas tanks right in the middle of cars so that they're not so easily blown up. That you know what I feel like you're you're, you're probably spot on there. Um, I feel like a lot of, and also a lot of times these car these accidents are only 
kind of sort of serious. Like I saw one the other day in person that was just more stupid than anything else. Not a lot of damage. Um, I was at one of these three lane things where each lane has its own little designations. Yeah. Like one goes straight, one goes left, one goes right. So the two left lanes though, each have to turn left. So it's a double left turn. Okay. Uh, well, all three turns. The car in the farthest left lane is trying to go straight for some reason, but she definitely has cars that are turning to the right of her. So she can't go straight because there are other cars trying to turn left. Uh, she like just never even budges from going straight, and so the other car turns into her. Genius uh, move. And at first, when you're when you're seeing it live, the other car hits her. So like in theory, I would be like, yeah, it's car number two's fault. But really, she's the one who can't follow directions. Yeah, she's in the left turn only, and she's like, I'm gonna go straight, and then someone right. runs into you. It's like that's your fault. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, you're crossing lanes at that point. Right. Uh, but like, it's just, I mean. Sitting there seeing it in real time, I was like, I was like, oh, that, that's 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 unfortunate. Oh, and you think to yourself, yeah, the other person's at fault, but then you start going, no, wait, no, it's her. Like she's at fault. So it is. It is definitely a, an interesting. Uh, I, it accident. I don't know. I've always been like, I've been in some crazy ones. So like, I'm always a little bit. I pay a little bit more attention to accidents and think about it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I just. Yeah, I'm surprised at like the seriousness of because also auto fatality is one of those things that like down over the last ten years. Oh yeah, for sure. Like because you'd have to like people still survive some pretty crazy stuff. Like you were in a terrible accident. No one died there. Yeah, I was. I was definitely in an accident that like ten years earlier, whoever would have been in that accident would have died probably. Yeah, like ridiculous. And what was even crazier was, given the severity of the accident, how, one piece. <laughs> how, generally speaking, okay I was. Yeah. Like, I don't have, like, weird lifelong head trauma or anything like that. Yeah. You got a squeaky knee. Ooh. I do have a squeaky knee. Were you laughing at me at Comic Palooza? I feel like you were laughing at me at Comic Palooza. Oh, 100%. I thought it was okay. the funniest thing ever. All right. Because I'm Cause following I... you up the stairs to this bathroom, and like, I just hear, <laughs> and I go, "Is that your knee?" And then you go, "Yes." I just thought it was funny. So like, I forget that other people can hear it. Um, yeah, it's because... not an internal noise. It's very much an external noise, and I don't. It doesn't dawn on me that it's not an internal noise because other people don't comment on it. I've been around other people as I go upstairs and it does make the squeaky noise and nobody's ever like, is your knee squeaking? So like, I forget that other people can hear it. <laughs> so I rear into a semi doing about 60 miles an hour in a Chevy Aveo. we got a couple of minutes here, so I'll tell the story quick. I had a piece of my femur go through my kneecap and come out my leg. Uh, they put the kneecap back together but they used, I guess, plastic wiring. I don't know. Some amalgamation of the same thing you use to close a, uh, a loaf of bread, I guess. I don't know. They said <laughs> they it, tied it together. Yeah. <laughs> they said they used plastic to put my kneecap back together. I said, okay, I don't know what that means, really. But what it does mean is as I take stairs up and down, the plastic rubs or stretches or something, and there's a like a, a, a squeaking noise, like a... That, like... 
happens as I walk up and down stairs and I hear it and I don't I always think it's an internal noise because other people don't comment on it. But Nico, every once in a while, will always be like, is your knee still making that noise? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> I think it's because I know what happened. So, like, I know what I'm, like, trying to hear for. So, like, if other people hear a squeaking noise while they're going up the stairs, they're probably like, oh, the stairs are making a weird noise. They probably don't associate it directly with you. That's probably a good point. They probably don't realize where the noise is coming from. Or even if they think it's coming from me, like say their hearing is that good that they're like, I think he's squeaking. They wouldn't know what it was. Yeah. They'd be like, but why? That doesn't make any sense. And right. then they don't even know that you were a cyborg. Right. And then they're like, is it his shoes? Like, what's making that noise? No, it's my knee. It's my knee. <laughs> it's, your, it's your joints. It's in, coming from inside you. And it doesn't hurt or anything, but like when it's making the noise, I can feel it moving. But, like, it's, I don't know. It's, it's kind of gross. It's weird. There are so many weird things about the accident. For example, they put a uh, – to ease pressure from, I guess, where they fixed my knee, they put a tube in my knee, right, for the first few days. But then they come and they just yank the tube out on, like, day three. Ooh, that's weird. Yeah. And, like, they don't – okay, we're going to take the tube out. But they don't really give you, like, a lot of, like, mental prep or whatever. And you're laid up there. And I, and I had a guy. I had taken myself off the pain meds. I don't think most people are usually off the pain meds, so they didn't expect anyone to even. But, like, I could feel it. And it's just like a tube, like, wiggling around in your leg. Like, it was the weirdest <laughs> thing. It was very bizarre. Uh, there's a there's a YouTuber I watched. They had, a, they had their lung collapse. Whoa. And so they had, you know, they put, like, the tube in their chest to, like, yeah, get air. Yeah, take the pressure it. out. Yeah. Yeah. And so they're just like, all right, well, we're going to take the tube out now. They just like they just pulled it out. <laughs> like, yeah, that's just, the end of it. It just comes out. Yeah, that, that's it. It's it's sort of funny because he said it, and in my head, I was like, "Well, what is this gonna look like?" And yeah, they just start pulling on the. There's like a little bag where the fluid could go to for the swelling. They just start pulling on that bag, and there's a tube there, and they start rolling tube out of my leg. But it's a lot like, um, and then we'll we'll wrap it up here. Like I had pins in my foot and pins in my leg and all that. And so one by one, as those as it's time for those to come out, they just go, okay, we're going to take these pins out. And they just get a set of pliers, grab onto the end of it, and just yank. I mean, that's that's all that modern, happens. Modern medicine, baby. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> one part <laughs> modern medicine miracle, one part this is how you fix a Nissan. Like, it was very, all right, we're just going <laughs> to yank these pins out. Like, it was kind of weird. Um, but I'm all better for it. Like, I, there's nothing wrong with me long term. I got some scars. I limp around a little bit in the winter. It's no big deal. Uh, all that being said, thanks for listening to another episode of Nerd Thug Radio. We are back here in Conroe. We love it here. Uh, you have the opportunity to be to sponsor the show. Just reach out to us, nerdthugradio at gmail.com. We want to thank everybody for listening and have a great rest of your week. And we'll be back next week. This is Nerd Thug Radio. <laughs>